0: Well, hey, Orchard Church, I'm excited to be here with you today. And for those watching online, we're excited to have you as well. I want you to do me a favor and go ahead and pull out your phones for just a minute. In just a second, they're going to put something on the screen. And I want you to go ahead and take a picture of it. And during this service, think of the person that you're going to send this text to, the neighbor, the family member, the co-worker, because as they just said in the video, this is a time of year where people are looking to go to church somewhere. And so we want to make sure that we give them that opportunity. After all... At some point in your life, somebody invited you to church and it may have changed your life. And so we want to do for them what someone has done for us. So go ahead. Yeah, I see you getting your phones out and taking a picture of that. That's awesome. And also just remember next weekend, uh, regular services are not happening. You can come on Saturday night. You can come at the regular time on Sunday, but you have to lead worship, teach and hand out cookies because we won't be here. Okay, so make sure uh, that you come at the right time. Well, I'm excited uh, to talk today about Ghosts of Christmas Past. We're at the end of this series. And really, this series has just dealt with the things that we wrestle with in life. And especially this time of year, we kind of tend to look back on the year and we evaluate our life. And sometimes we look back uh, over just this year. Sometimes we look back over multiple years. And there's things that come up. There's things that we've just never uh, overcome. And they've haunted us and they've paralyzed us and they've kept us from being who Christ wants us to be. And so a couple of weeks ago, Doug looked at the ghost of offenses that some of us have not gotten over being offended. And if that's you, and if you missed that week, I would really encourage you to go back online and watch that. It will really provide some healing for you uh, to help you overcome some offenses. Then last week, he talked about uh, the ghost of shame. And shame is what we say about ourselves. And we've all probably wrestled with shame at some point. We've felt something about ourselves that we shouldn't. And this week, we're going to look at a new ghost, and this is the ghost of labels. So, if shame is what you say about yourself, uh, labels are what others say about you. It's words and, and names and labels that they have placed on you uh, that describe you, that you have begun to own, that you have begun to say, you know what, that is who I am, and you have lived life as though. That's who you are. And so we're going to be in Genesis chapter 35 this morning. It's at the very beginning of your Bible. It's one of the first stories in Scripture. If you don't have a Bible, we'll have it on the screen for you as well. But it's a great story that deals with this really important topic of labels. And really a label is nothing more than words spoken about you, right? It's a a word or maybe a phrase, a group of words that someone has said about you that they have put on you. And you know this, I'm I'm not telling you anything new here, that words are really powerful, aren't they? I mean, words are, are strong. They, they carry a lot of weight to them. In fact, when God was uh, creating the earth, when he was creating the universe, he spoke that into existence. He used words. Words have the power to heal people. They have the power to help them get over things. It has the power to shape people's lives. Words have the power to motivate you. People have said things to you before that have motivated you to do something that you never thought you could do. Words are so powerful. But they also have a negative side to this, don't they? Words can hurt you. Words can wound deeply. People can uh, say things about you that you carry with you for weeks and months and even years. Words can destroy. Words can discourage you as much as they can motivate you from to do something. They can keep you from ever doing anything. Words are so powerful. And maybe somebody has said something to you like this before. you're wrestling with what someone has said about you, and someone said, Man, don't worry about it, it's just words. Or maybe you grew up and, and you heard this phrase right here um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt me. Isn't this the dumbest thing anyone's ever said? Like, this is just not true. I mean, there's no truth to this at all. You know this, I know this. Words can hurt. In fact, we really know this at this time of year, especially if you have kids because you've probably either sung or you've heard a song about this guy right here. You know what it's not about? It's not about sticks and stones, right? The other reindeer laughed and did what? Called him names. Yeah, they used words. Words have so much power. There's so much weight. And it's not a problem that just came up here in the last year or two years. It's not a problem that only you have dealt with. Words have carried weight since the beginning of time. In fact, the writer of Proverbs says this about words. He says, the tongue can bring death or life. He doesn't even say words can be good or bad or help or hurt. He says they can bring death or life. That's how much weight he puts into them. And so if you hear something, if you hear a label spoken to you, about you, over and over and over again, it can begin to form you. You can begin to own that. It's hard not to believe the labels that some of us have been given. They begin to shape our lives. I believe this is so true that uh, I have three three young kids, and so on one of the doors uh, that I walk past frequently, I have a note card in my house, and it says this, that the words I say about my kids don't so much describe who they are, but shape who they will become. The words I say about my kids don't so much describe who they are now, but shape who they will become. Words are powerful. Now, I may have taken this a little too far because my four-year-old son, Ace, I tell him all the time how awesome he is. I tell him all the time he's a stud. I say, Ace, you're such a stud. And now, if he's running by and I need him for something, I say, hey, Ace, and he says, yeah, yeah, I know, I'm a stud, Dad, and he just keeps going. So (laughs) I may have swung a little too far. My two daughters, I tell them all the time, Listen, you you girls are so smart. You're so brave. You're such leaders. Uh, you're so beautiful. I love you so much. In fact, I want to shape who they are so much that, that my oldest one, when she was in preschool and kindergarten the last two years... I, I sent her for Valentine's Day, the biggest bouquet of flowers, I mean, that I could find. Now, not from the florist. Those are way too expensive. I went to like King Super because she's four and five. She didn't know the difference. But I got this big thing of flowers and this big thing of balloons and a, and a big stuffed animal. And I had it delivered to her in her class. And the teachers thought that it was for them, uh, for one of the teachers when it came in, because it was so big. they're like There's no way a four-year-old or five-year-old. But sure enough, it was for her because I wanna shape how she feels about herself. And another reason I did that is because I know that one day, one of your joker sons is gonna walk up to her. (laughs) Yeah, I'm planning ahead. They're gonna walk up to her with a little rose and say, hey baby, I love you. And she's gonna laugh them out of the room, right? She's gonna be like, "Uh uh-uh, you gotta do better than that. And just so those little guys know, all right, I've got a full-time job and I can buy a lot of flowers and a lot of balloons and I'm willing to. I want to shape who she is. I want to speak words into her that help her. My parents did this for me. They encouraged me. They supported me. They uplifted me. Now, could I have succeeded in life if my parents were constantly negative to me and talked down to me and said, you're never going to amount to anything. You're pathetic. Yes, I still could have succeeded, but it would have been much harder to overcome those labels had they given those to me. And see, the reality is that many of us struggle. Today, we struggle with a label that was given to us a long time ago, a label from our past, and we just haven't been able to get over it. It keeps coming up in our lives. Somebody called you something at some point in your life and you've never been able to let it go. Somebody belittled you And you've always wrestled with that. Somebody said something about you to someone else and you got word of it, you heard of it and you have just attached that label to yourself. You have internalized it and it is who you have become. I don't know what label that you walk through these doors with. As many different people are in here this morning, there's probably that many different labels. But you certainly probably walk through here and maybe you have a label that you're wrestling with. Maybe you've owned the label that you're lazy. You've just, somebody has called you that and that's who you have become. Maybe it's that you're just average. You're an average student. You get average grades. You're an average athlete. Like, you're just gonna be average. You're never gonna amount to anything. You're never gonna achieve anything, and you have just owned that. Maybe the label has been given to you that you're insecure, and for your whole life, you have wrestled with that, that you're just not enough. You're insecure about everything. Maybe it's that you're a hothead. Right? That you've got just this raging temper and you've just owned that label. You've internalized it. Maybe if you're sitting here and you're thinking, Michael, I can't believe you would say anybody has that. Maybe the label you have is that you're overly sensitive, right? You just take everything to heart, it just upsets you. And you've lived with that. Maybe it's that you uh, have bad relationships. Whatever it is, there's so many different labels. Maybe you've owned this label. Hey, my family's a mess, my family's always been a wreck. Like we're never going to have a happy Christmas. We're just kind of a dysfunctional family. And you have owned that label all because somebody said that about you one day. Somebody said something about you and it has stuck with you. And that's the label that you wear around. But also, sometimes the labels that we have, maybe they weigh us down a little bit more because there's just an element of truth to them. There's just a little bit of truth to them, right? You've internalized it because you have maybe earned that label a little bit. You wouldn't call yourself lazy. That's not what you would say, but you have a pretty long to-do list, right? Like your favorite phrase is, I'm gonna get to it. You know, I know I said that six months ago, but I I remember. Maybe you wouldn't say, call yourself a hothead, but you do kind of have a shorter fuse than most of the people around you. Maybe some of the labels that, It's difficult for us to get over. We have trouble getting over them because we have earned them a little bit. Here's the problem. The labels that people give you that you didn't earn, they just said it about you and you've internalized it. You can't get over that. That's who you are. You do the same thing with the labels that maybe you have earned. You've just said, you know what? I've always been bad at relationships and I'm always going to be because that's just who I am. That's my label. I've always had a temper, and so I will always have a temper. That is my label. That's who I am. That is me. I've always been selfish, so I'm always gonna be selfish. Right? I've I've never grown spiritually in my relationship with Jesus. I've just never been good at that, and so I probably never will. That's just who I am. I'm just owning that label. I've never led my family. You know, my kids are 12, 13, 14 years old. I've never really led my family yet. That's just who I am and I probably can't change that now. That's who I'll always be. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I need you to know this morning. This is in your notes. What's true about you now doesn't have to be true about you later. Listen, some of you guys need to let that sink in. You need to take that to heart. You need to embrace that. What's true about you now doesn't have to be true about you later. God's God's grace is bigger than your past. His grace is bigger than any label that has been given you, but but don't stop there. His power is also strong enough for your future. He's also great enough to change tomorrow and what that looks like for you. He's also strong enough to give you a new label. What has been true about you doesn't have to continue to be true about you. What's true now doesn't have to be true later. And you've embraced a truth because someone has said something to you. You've embraced a label because someone has said something to you. And if that's you this morning, if you walk through these doors this morning wearing that label, I want to encourage you as we look at this story that today is a day for you to change that label, for you to give it a new name, for you to call it something different. And there's a fantastic story about this in Genesis chapter 35. It's about Jacob. And really, it's a love story that starts back in Genesis 29. And in Genesis 29, Jacob meets this young lady named Rachel, and he falls immediately in love with her. You know what I'm talking about, guys? Nod yes, nod yes, quick, do it. Immediately, he just falls in love with this lady. And what's crazy about it is she's out watching the sheep. Like, I don't know what's real sexy about that. I don't know how he was like, yeah, that's for me, you know? I don't know. I don't know how the, how the pickup line went. If he walked up and was like, what's up, baby? You know, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I apologize for putting you through that. You deserve better. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so he he whatever it is, he falls in love with her as she's out there watching sheep. And the story goes that she also had a sister named Leah. Now, this is crazy. The writer of Genesis, this is why you need to read your Bible, because there's crazy things in there. The writer of Genesis describes the two sisters, and this is what the writer says about Rachel: that Rachel had a lovely figure. And she was beautiful. That's, that's, that's a good description, right? And then about Leah, the writer says, she had weak eyes. <laughs> that's that's kind of tough, right? Like that, like, hey, Rachel is a hottie, right? <laughs> Leah wears glasses. That's that's what he said, right? <laughs> Rachel, yeah. Yes, sir, absolutely. Leah? She's got a good personality. That that's what he said. That's how he described this. And so Jacob, man, he had it bad for Rachel. He was in love with her. And he went to her dad and said, listen, I want to marry your daughter, Rachel. And the dad said, okay, but you got to work for me in my field for seven years. And he doesn't bat an eye. Jacob's like, absolutely, sign me up. Let's start day one today. And he works for seven years. And at the end of seven years, he goes to marry Rachel. And the dad pulled the old switcheroo. And instead of getting for me, girl, he gets old weak eyes. And he's like, hey, pops, where's where's the good-looking one? That's that's who I worked for. And he says, I'm sorry. You're gonna have to work seven more years to marry Rachel, 14 years. Now, guys, I wanna do you a favor here, okay? At some point today, it'll probably be last thing tonight right before you fall asleep. Your wife is gonna say, honey, would you work for 14 years for me? (laughs) Guys, write this down because we don't remember things like this, okay? Write this down no pause absolutely that's how you respond okay no pause absolutely he works 14 years that's how in love he was with Rachel he works for 14 years and at the end of those 14 years sure enough he gets to marry Rachel and they want what every new couple wants they want the white picket fence they want children they want the little dog the problem is all they had was the little puppy dog they couldn't have kids and, and years went by and they prayed for kids. They were desperate for kids. Everyone around them was having children and they were looking around saying, why can't we? In fact, Leah and Jacob, they had seven kids together and they just looked at each other and got pregnant, all right? And Rachel's like, why can't I have a child? And so they were so desperate and they prayed for so long and finally God answers their prayer and gives them a child and, and they begin to pray and ask God for another child and he gives them a second one, but this one doesn't end well. The story of this second child coming into this world doesn't end well, and that's where we're gonna pick up. And here's what I want you to pay attention to is how Jacob deals with the label, the true label that his son is given. It's the same way that we need to deal with labels, he handles it exactly the way that we need to handle it. He knows when to name something different. And so this story, this love story ends tragically, it ends sadly. Rachel's about to give birth. And she's having problems. She's having difficulty. And we don't know what those problems are. It doesn't say. But we do know this wasn't a time where you could just run to a doctor or to an emergency room. This wasn't a time where you could have an emergency C-section. Things were going bad. Her life is in danger. And we're going to pick up in verse 16. Leaving Bethel, Jacob and his clan moved on to Ephrath. But Rachel went into labor while they were still some distance away. And her labor pains were intense. Things are not going well. After a very hard delivery, the midwife finally exclaimed, don't be afraid, you have another son. And Rachel was about to die, but with her last breath, she named the baby. With her last breath, she names the baby. She understands the importance of names. She understands the importance of labels. And the last thing she does is to name her child. Now, I would encourage you uh, in this day, they name children because of what the names meant. That's the only reason they would give them certain names is because of what they meant. Today, that's not as much true, and that's okay. But I still would encourage you, if you're getting ready to name a child, at least look it up and make sure that it doesn't have a horrible meaning behind it, right? But most of the time today, we name children because of uh, just creativity. We just like the creative name. In fact, in the last month, I've seen two national news stories. It's made national news, these Uh, dumb names, I mean, creative names that parents have given their kids. Two national news stories. So I kind of got interested when I was reading this and I researched what are some of the more creative names that are out there today. And I just wanted to share them with you in case you wanted to use one if you're having a child soon. Uh, One of them was Ruckus. Now, (laughs) this is definitely a firstborn because if you already had kids, you're not risking this, right? You're not, that's not happening. What about this one, Royalty? That's a little bit of spoiledness maybe. All right. And the next one, billion. Like my kids, the, the closest they could get to this is dollar. I could name them dollar. We can make that work. This isn't going to happen. Okay. Messiah. I mean, that's just, that's a lot of pressure, right? Hey, here's my, here's my child, Messiah. Like, whoa, hey, you got a lot to live up to. Okay. You don't even love your kid. You don't. You lost a bet, something. You signed the wrong paperwork. Or what about this one, wisdom? All I know about wisdom with a Z is that you did not use wisdom when you named <laughs> your child that. These are creative, creative names, right? Rachel knows the importance of names. She knows she's about to give her child a label. Let's see what she does. She named the baby Ben-Onai, which means son of my sorrow. With her last breath, as she leaves this world and she's seeing her newborn baby, she gives him this name. She gives him this label, son of my sorrow. And we can kind of understand it, right? Because she's not going to get to watch him play. She's not going to get to feed him. She's not going to get to see his first step. She's not going get to get to hear his laughter. She's not gonna get to see him grow up. And so she names him, she labels him. And the label is absolutely true because he is the cause of her sorrow. He is the reason she is sad. We get this, it's a real, it's a right label. And it's a tragic story. But something really important happens next that I think we often overlook if we read this story. Because think about this with me. Rachel is not the only one who's experiencing sorrow right now. She's not the only one who's experiencing the, tra- the tragicness of this situation. Her husband Jacob is there. And he's just lost the woman that he worked 14 years for. The woman that he loved more deeply, the woman that he fell in love with at first sight, his best friend in this world, he has just lost her. And she says, we're going to name this baby son of my sorrow, and she dies. And Jacob says, listen, I'm sad too, and I'm sorrowful too, but no, 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 no. That will not be the label that he has. And so Jacob says this, the father, however, called him Benjamin, which means Son of my right hand. And at that time, the right hand was a sign of strength, of power. It was a sign. It meant blessing. He says, no, no, no. I understand what's happening right here. And I am sorrowful. I am, I am mourning the loss of my wife. But he will not be called son of sorrow. He will be called blessing. He took what was named one thing. And the father called it something else. The father saw what everybody else saw and said no there's a different future for you I'm going to rename you and I can't help but think that there's someone here today who walked through these doors with a label and you need to go to your heavenly father and say I need a new name I need a new label I need you to see my situation and change that Change the label that I've been carrying around. Because here's what's true for all of us in this room. Every single one of us. You have this in your notes. Here's what's true. You don't get to choose what comes into your life. For the most part, you don't get to choose what happens to you. Things happen that are totally out of our control. But here's what's also true for all of us. You do get to choose what you call it. You do get to choose what you call it. It might look like sorrow, but you can choose to call it blessing. It may look like a disaster, but you can choose to call it an opportunity. Some have been living with a label that you've been given, and today is the time for you to start calling it something else. You walked through these doors as Ben Oni, and God wants you to walk out as Benjamin. You walk through these doors as son of sorrow, and God says, no, 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 I want you to walk out of here as son of a blessing, Instead of accepting the label that has been given you, today is a day for you to change that label. Stop waiting for someone else to give you a new label. You start calling it something different. And I know what you're asking, Michael, can I do that? Like, can we just change labels that easy? Did you notice in this story that Jacob in this moment, he doesn't, he doesn't pause, he doesn't wait, he doesn't ask permission, he doesn't gather some people around and say, hey, uh, this is what... My wife wanted to call his son, but I was thinking about giving him a new name, you know, because I want him to have... He doesn't do any of that. He just changes it right now. He looks at his baby and says, no, I'm changing your label. I'm changing your name. And in doing so, he changed his son's future. Do you know why he could do that so easy? you know why he could do that without questioning it? Because he had seen names change before. He had seen labels change before. In fact, he had changed labels before. There's a story in chapter 32 here, where, where Jacob is wrestling with God. God comes to him in the form of a man and he wrestles with him all through the night. And in the morning he gets up and he says, God, bless me, bless me, bless me because I've wrestled with you all night and I've survived this. And look, God who had come to him as a man says this to him. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and you have won. God tells him, listen, Your name was Jacob, which Jacob meant deceiver. But now your name is going to be called Israel, which means God prevails. Jacob said, God, I need a new label today. Please give me a new label. I don't want to be Jacob the deceiver. And listen, he had earned that label. Because if you read his history, he had deceived a lot of people to get where he was. He says, God, give me a new label. He refused to let... Uh, what was true about him now be true about him forever. He refused to let what had identified him up to this point in his life be what identified him forever. He went from deceiver to God prevails. What if he had just accepted that he was Jacob the deceiver and lived his life never changing his label? What if you just accept the label that you walked in here with and you never ask God, hey, can you give me a new label? What if you walked in here and just bad at relationships and you say, God, that, that's my label, I'm never changing it. You don't ask God to change that label. What if you came in here and you've just been bad at finances your whole life and you've struggled, you've put your family in a hole and that's just who you are and you've never asked God, God, can we change my label? What if you walked through these doors and you've just said, my parents weren't healthy, their parents weren't healthy, we're not healthy, it's just too rare. What if you never change your label? When you read Jacob's story over and over again, he's in a situation where he sees something that everybody else has labeled one thing. They've named it one thing. And he says, I get why you've called it that. But I'm not looking at its past. I'm looking at its future, and I'm gonna change the name. I'm gonna change the label. And the reason he did that is because he had a different perspective. He had a different perspective. He didn't look at who they were. He looked at what they could be. And he changed that label. Some of you have embraced the label and this morning is the time for you to rename it. Because God is bigger than your past. What's true about you now does not have to be true about you tomorrow. You may have owned the label too long. Some of you have owned the label of insecure too long. And today God says, no, 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 you're not insecure. You are confident in Jesus Christ because he is everything you need. Some of you have owned the label of, of being lazy. Hey, we're just not committed to anything. God says, no, 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 that ends today because you are, you are my son, you are my daughter and I have a plan and a purpose for you. And you're gonna wake up excited to fulfill the plan he has for you. Some of you walked in here today and you're just, If you're just honest, you're just kind of miserable. Life's just not good. And God says, no, 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 no. God is your source of joy. He is your source of strength. You find rest and peace in him. He is changing your perspective. Maybe you walk through this door with the label of being undependable, untrustworthy. Your friends and family. They keep an eye on you. And God says, no, 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 that's the label you walked in with. The label I want you to walk out with is forgiven child of God. And not just a child of God, but an heir to God. You were part of his family. Maybe this Christmas season is a tough season. That's the label you have. Is, Michael, this is just a tough season. I'm just going through a tough season. And God says, no, 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 your perspective wrong. Change the label. This is a season of you being conformed into the image of Christ. I'm growing your perseverance. I'm teaching you to have more faith. Maybe you walked in and said, the label I'm wearing is alone. I just feel so alone. God says, no. No, no, no. You are never alone if you are my child. I will never leave you or forsake you. He is changing labels. He is drawing you near to him. See, perspective matters because the enemy is going to lie to you. He's going to tell you that label that you came in here with is the only label you can ever have. That it's true about you yesterday, it's true about you today, and it will always, always, always be true about you. Yeah, it's not true. It is not true. God has a new plan for you. He has a new label for you to wear. A few months ago, I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was at a church planning conference. And it was about 100, 150 church planners there. And they had a session where we all broke up into kind of smaller groups and went and sat around these round tables. And each table had about eight or 10 people. They had your names on them, except the one that had my name was one other guy. And I gotta be honest, I kind of judged the guy quickly. He didn't look like me, I didn't look like him. He was a rough looking guy. He was an older gentleman, He had tattoos on his face, down his neck, all the way to his fingertips, and I was kind of disappointed that this was my table, and so I went and sat down at the table, hoping not to talk a lot, and he was so talkative. Hey, man, tell me about your family. Tell me about your church, you know, and and I was sitting there kind of grumpy, and I really felt the Holy Spirit saying, Michael, this guy's a lot nicer than you, right? And I was like, I know. Shut up, I'm working on it, you know? I don't know if you can tell the Holy Spirit shut up, but I did in that moment. I didn't really know what to do, you know? I was like, this is supposed to be church planners. This can't be a church planner. So finally, I just looked at him. I said, man, I gotta be honest. You don't look like anybody else in this room. Are you lost? Like, did you, did you come in here for the free food? What's going on, you know? He said, no, I'm a church planner. And I said, really? Tell me about it. He said, yeah, I I spent seven years in a federal prison. I committed some pretty serious crimes. And while I was in prison, somebody shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with me. And he radically saved me. And I gave my life to him. And now I've moved to South Dakota and I have full access to every state prison in the state. And I've planted churches in each one of them. And every week I go in there. Yeah, you can celebrate that. Every week I go in there and there's Bible studies and there's men and women coming to know Jesus. Do you know what this is a picture of? A label change, right? Because he had been labeled, I had labeled him as a criminal, as a convict, as someone who didn't have anything to give to society, who's somebody, somebody who didn't have hope. And he met Jesus and Jesus said, That may have been who you were. That's not who you're going to be. He had a new plan for him. He had a new purpose for him. He had a new label for him. And now he's a pastor. He's a church planner. He is leading people to Christ every day of the week in prisons all over that state. That's a label change, friends. That's a name change. The label you walked in here with is a ghost of Christmas past. Listen, Your Savior is a ghost of Christmas new. He's here for a new Christmas. He died for our sins. He rose again for you to have new life, to have new life, to be a new creation. The old is gone. What has come? The new has come. You have a new label. He renamed us. He broke the labels that bind us, that that paralyze us. And whatever you're going through right now, It might look like son of my sorrow. It might look like that. But you can rename it. This doesn't have to be son of my sorrow. This can be a blessing. The future of this can be a blessing. This can be a Benjamin. What others have called a curse, I'm going to choose to call a blessing because the God that we serve, the God that I serve, He's working all things for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. All things your sorrow, your bad label, your heartache. He is working for good. Listen, the apostle Paul wrote that phrase that God is working all things for good to those who love him. You know, when he wrote that, he wasn't living the good life. Things weren't going great. He had been beaten numerous times. He'd been thrown in prison numerous times. He had almost lost his life numerous times. Everybody would have looked at Paul and labeled him as a failure, labeled him as going through heartache, labeled him as going through pain and he just said, no, 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 you have the wrong perspective. You're looking what is and what has been. You're not looking at what is to come. God is working in all of this for his good. Jacob got this He understood that you can't choose what comes into your life, but you can choose what you call it. And when he was handed that little baby son of my sorrow, he said, what's true about you now, I refuse to let be true about you forever. And he changed his label. My question for you this morning, there on your notes, you have a little line to write a label. What label did you walk in here with? that you've been wrestling with, that has been a ghost of Christmas past for you, that you've never been able to come? What label is it that you need to change, that you need to rename today? That you need to say, this may be what I have been, this may be what I was when I walked in here, but I will not walk out with this label. Today is the day for you to rename it. If you bow your heads and close your eyes as we begin to enter into a time of prayer. I want to speak to those of you who would say that you have given your life to Christ, that he is your heavenly father. Maybe right now you are in a season of wrestling with a label. Maybe you've wrestled with it for years. I want to encourage you that that is not what God has intended for you. That he is ready and willing for you to rename it, for you to look to a new future. And so if that's you this morning, I just want you to have the courage to say, God, today, today, I will have a new label in you. I'm gonna walk out of here different than I came in. What has been true about me yesterday and in my past is not gonna be true about me in the future. And if that's you, I I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for you to have the courage to make that decision today. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? No one's looking around. If you just lift your hand so I can pray for you. Yeah, there's hands all over, absolutely. Absolutely man. God, thank you for these men and women who feel the weight of a label that they have carried around for far too long. If they've carried around for one day, it's too long. God, I pray that you would give them the courage that in a few moments when they stand up from this seat, they stand up with a new label and they walk out of these doors with a new label. What's true about them when they came in is no longer true. They've been given a new name give them the strength let them feel your presence as they walk in a new label as we continue in prayer no one's looking around maybe you're here today and you say michael I, I feel like i need a new label but i you know i don't i wouldn't say i have a relationship with jesus i've never accepted him to be my savior i've never trusted christ to be my savior the reality is that Without God, we're all a mess because of sin. Without God, that sin separates us from him. Without Christ, we don't have the hope of a new label. We are just sinners. That is our label. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone trusts in Christ, the old is gone. When we become new, we get a new label. And so if you're sitting here today and you've just felt something stirring in you, drawing you to, to want a new label, That's God drawing you to himself. He is saying, listen, give me your life. Let me be your Lord and Savior. And I will give you a new identity. I will give you a new label. And so if that's you, I'm gonna pray here in just a minute. There's nothing magic about the words I'm gonna say. There's nothing magic about this prayer. I just wanna lead you in a prayer of asking Jesus to be your Savior. So if that's you, just pray this where you are. God, thank you for giving us your son. Thank you that he died for my sins and rose again. I ask you for forgiveness. And I ask you to be my savior. To give me a new label. To be a child of God. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one's looking around. If that was you, I just want to encourage you heaven just celebrated if you prayed that prayer. They're throwing a party because you just got a new label. And if that's you, I, I just wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for strength and encouragement for you as you begin to walk in this new name that you have been given. So if that's you, on the count of three, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand. No one's looking around. Nobody's gonna embarrass you or call you out. I just wanna see if you made that decision so that I can pray for you. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. If you just prayed that, raise your hand. Yeah, his hand's over here on the front. I see you back there. Let me pray for you. God, some men and women here just, man, you just changed their name. You just changed who they are for eternity. They have a new label and it is found in your son, Jesus Christ. And I just celebrate that this morning. Give them the strength and the courage as they walk out these doors as a new person. God, we love you and thank you for loving these men and women enough to give your son so that they could have a relationship, so that they could have a new label. It's in your name we pray, amen.